Hi, I'm Robin McGraw, and I'm so excited. We're on our second episode of I've Got a Secret. I want to thank everyone for your overwhelming response to my first episode. And today, I think this is going to be phenomenal. I think you're going to love it. We're doing the secret to loving your V word. And don't get excited. Don't run away. I'm talking about your vulnerabilities. So being vulnerable is a difficult but also very imperative part of your life. So we're going to talk about that with two women that I think you will love. You will be so excited by the time this is over. Being vulnerable will be so normal and so common. It'll be a part of your life the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. Well, first, let me just say this. The only downside to podcast is that you are hearing us, but you're not seeing us. Because when I look at both of these beautiful women, (laughs) they are so, well, their beauty, when I keep saying beautiful, I mean the room is just filled with positivity and we We came in stunning today we really did oiled legs a lot of cleavage big hair we really well let me tell you she's right she's right and it's just spreading joy and and really their smiles and just everything about them says I want to be vulnerable I want to be just like them so and in fact and this is not a plug for my website but if you go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com, you'll be able to see them. And I bet you anything, you're going to write in and you're going to say, you're right. Just looking at their photos, I feel positive. I feel uh-huh. very excited about learning how to become vulnerable. So that's something I think that's going to mean a lot to you by the time this is over. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about these ladies. Kareen is an extremely talented artist and a model and has created a very popular viral Instagram account. And the name of that is We're Not Really Strangers. So it is just so popular, in fact, that she has created a card game by the same name that actually is so popular, it's hard to keep it in stock. Isn't that right, Kareen? Thank you. The card game, We're Not Really Strangers, is a thought-provoking game that is aimed to bring open, meaningful connections to everyday life. And we're actually going to play it later on in this podcast, and I'm really excited about that. So, Can I use some of these cards for dating? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Very helpful for that. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Actually, it has three different levels. When I finish telling everyone who we have here today, I want you to explain a little bit about that card game because uh, it's going to be hard to wait to play it. So we also have with us Becky Robinson, and she is hilarious. Let me just tell you right off the bat, she is hilarious. And because she's a stand-up comedian, so that helps. (laughs) She's a writer, a host, and an actress. Her work has been featured on MTV's Wild and Out, Funny or Die, and Comedy Central. I'm so excited to have her here because, listen, that right there is an extremely vulnerable career to take on a different crowd every night. I have to tell you, just personally, I came to Hollywood like 18 years ago with my husband and family, and my role when coming here, making that decision, was really to support my husband. We were all taking on a whole new life. And I have to tell you, this is a tough town. And being in front of a camera and being in front of a crowd, trying to make them laugh, that's tough. So I have to tell you, vulnerable (laughs) is... A key yes. emotion. It's a key word for you. And I'm, Absolutely. And bravo. Bravo to you for <laughs> doing it. Because for all of you listening, Becky was here for a few minutes, maybe 15, 20, 30, before we started. And I have not stopped laughing. <laughs> I feel like I have two new best friends. Aww, yes. Just because I think it's really because who they are, but also because of what we're talking about today. They both have defined the word vulnerable beautifully. Before we do that, before we start talking, actually, I want to talk about our drink of the day. We (laughs) have said we're going to have a drink of the day every week. And so today we have a, well, I call it a energy drink, a, a beautiful energy drink. It's got apple, lemon, ginger, beet juice with sparkling water, and also raspberry and strawberry garnish in a 
beautiful rock glass. So I think that's kind of the perfect thing to be sipping, perfect drink. It's beautiful, it's healthy, it's energizing, it's positive. So I picked that because of our topic today, and I think it fits. So we'll be sipping that. And <laughs> it's uh, delicious. Talk, yeah. Don't you think it is? Yes, yeah, very it's good. Very tasty. I love the, awesome. the nodes of beet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so vulnerabilities. Yay. So, Creighton, why don't you tell us first about the game? So the game is called We're Not Really Strangers, and it's all about empowering meaningful connections. And it actually came way before the Instagram page. I've been working on it probably for the past four and a half years. Uh, really? Yeah, and it started as a PDF on my phone that I would take around and test out with people and slowly but surely kind of added, iterated it, took it to parties and saw people's responses to it without them knowing it was my game, did events around it. Um, and finally, it launched. And I was terrified to put it out. It felt very vulnerable to do that. Uh-huh. But finally, in November of last year, I put it out in the world and... And you've had great success with it. Yeah, it's amazing that anyone even wants to play it or is interested in it. It's surreal (laughs) to me. It's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a very fun game. Do you remember the first note you put in your phone? Or what the, was it a question? It was a series of questions. So what happened okay. was the background of it is I've done photojournalism since I was really young. I was in yearbook in middle school and I just always had a camera around my neck mm-hmm. and it was an excuse to talk to people. So when I had my first heartbreak when I was 16 years old, my way of healing was I would go out, set up a tripod and as strangers walked by, I would ask them, do you ever get over your first love? Oh. <laughs> Did you ever get over your first love? Because I didn't know whether I would ever feel like myself mm-hmm. again. And of mm-hmm. course you do. But at that time, you have no perspective. Yeah. So other people's stories gave me that perspective and I just got hooked on that level of intimacy I could have with complete strangers by having a camera around my neck. I'm so impressed that at 16 you were vulnerable enough, let me just say vulnerable enough to take your broken heart outside (laughs) to the world and ask strangers that question. That's a very deep and beautiful question. Thank so you. congratulations thank for you. even being able to do that. I'm very impressed. Well, thank you. And that's very that was very smart of you. You've got, I'm sure, phenomenal answers and very deep answers. And did that help you get over your broken heart? It did because it kept me busy and <laughs> <laughs> kept me busy. And also the answers were promising. Um, and I just kept doing it. And over time, I started asking different questions depending on whatever I was trying to heal through. Mm-hmm. Um, was doing that for a long time with no name for it or purpose behind it, really, except that I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then a complete stranger I photographed about like five years ago told me after our interview that I would write a book and it would be <gasps> called We're Not Really Strangers. And that's how the name originated. Wow. And from there, I started like piecing together like, what do I want to create from this name and like this passion I have? Mm-hmm. And then the game came years later over time. Well, I'm holding the game in my hands right now, and it's I love it because it's red. It's in a a red lacquer box looking, you know, the color is red lacquer, shiny box. And when you open it, it has three different sets of cards. Mm -hmm. So explain to the listeners what how you play the game and what these three different sections of cards mean. Yeah, so the three levels are perception is level one, connection is level two, and then reflection is level three. And they kind of parallel like our human needs. That was the intention behind it. So we all want to feel seen, heard, and to know that what we have to say matters. That's something Oprah says, and I loved it ever since I heard it. (laughs) So level one is about how we view one another on the surface, which is why it's called perception, and challenging the assumptions we make based on the surface. So like, what do my shoes tell you about me? What was your first impression of me? Do you think I fall in love easily? Why or why not? And there's 50 cards like that. Um, And level two digs deeper, and it's the rarely asked questions. So instead of how are you, it's how are you really. Um, (laughs) The tough ones. The tough ones, yeah. (laughs) Um, And it gets very deep. Um, And then level three, you reflect. So what about me surprised you, or based on what you learned about me, do you have any Netflix recommendations? Um, What can we create together? Uh, Why do you think we met, et cetera. So questions like that. And then the final card of the game is to write a message to your partner, fold an exchange, and then open once you two have parted. So you have a handwritten note to take away. Oh. 
And they do yeah. mean parted for the evening. Yeah, or for the evening. Okay. Yeah. So even if you go in separate rooms. <gasps> yes. Basically. Yes. Or you back up later. Oh. In the yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is just beautiful. Thank you know, you. you were talking about perception. And there's one thing that Philip and I both believe, and I'm sure I learned it from him, mm-hmm. but... We've been together now 47 years and wow. married 43 years, so it's hard sometimes to think, like, who said it first? But, <laughs> of course, he's Dr. Phil, so I'll give him credit on this one. <laughs> but uh, we both believe that, for everyone, perception is reality. Hmm. So I, I think it's very important to always remember that. When when you disagree with someone, mm-hmm. and you should, I feel that you should stop and think, wait a minute. Just because I think they're wrong, I could be wrong. And I'm just someone that has stepped back or just entered the room or the, the situation, and I'm listening to their opinion and what they're thinking of any situation. Right. And I have to be careful not to immediately tell them, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. <laughs> and that really helps when I know when I stop and tell myself, oh, wait a minute. I can't tell them they're wrong because I have to consider that their perception is their reality. Right. And they're doing the best with what they know. And that's all we're we're all doing. And I also hope that they're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can, I think, get to that place where you can ask them. If you'll just consider, though, that mm-hmm. my perception right now is my reality, mm-hmm. while it differs from yours, mm-hmm. please give me that privilege of considering that yeah it really it really helps to go a long way absolutely that's like the ultimate gift to give someone mm-hmm. i agree you know? so I it's agree. beautiful it's non-judgmental yeah it keeps the judgment out mm-hmm. and it helps in that one position of being vulnerable mm-hmm. you can be vulnerable enough to tell someone this is my perception right this is my reality mm-hmm and if they stop for even a second and consider that, then you've been vulnerable with them and allows them to also be that way. Yeah, absolutely. So the card game sounds like it's perfect for what we're talking about today. Yeah. How to become vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so, Becky, I think you're like our perfect choice <laughs> to tell us, how do you feel when you step up on stage in front of strangers and do what you love most? So many emotions. It really, it really depends on the day. You know, it's kind of like uh, I, I do characters a lot in my work. Um, a lot of times, it's weird because of perception. Because I'm, I'm just so curious about what makes people tick mm-hmm. that a lot of times, you know, I don't want to get on stage just looking like this. And so sometimes I go on stage as different characters just because I'm, I'm curious about what type of different responses I'll get from the audience. <laughs> or sometimes that's why I do like man on street stuff but I think um yeah it just it depends on the day some days I wake up and I'm like yeah I'm a bad bitch <laughs> and then other days I'm like I'm a sad bitch <laughs> you know or whatever yeah, some days you, you don't that feel as like you know as confident as you want or some nights I'm trying out new stuff and that's you know a really vulnerable time is when you're workshopping new things and you've mm-hmm. got some ideas in your head and you're like I think this is funny but let's see you know let's see when I get it on its on its feet if people agree or, or what they think and I think a lot of times if they can sense that you're enjoying it, they have fun too, uh, which is fun, but it's hard. It all just starts as weird little ideas in your head, you know? So So do you go on prepared for rejection if they don't like it? Because you're testing them. So do you go up open-minded and think, if they don't like it, I'm not going to be upset or or is there a part of you that becomes vulnerable and think, why don't you like that? I think that's so funny. Why don't you like it? Uh, yeah, there's times when I'm like, why isn't this joke hitting? Um, like, I have this joke about, this joke never works. About I've, I've had to go to a bunch of weddings this summer. And it just seems like when they make all the bridesmaids wear the same dress, there's always one bridesmaid that, like, for whatever reason, her boobs just don't fit in the dress or something. Do you think she did that on purpose? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But I'm like, I always think she did. When, oh, oh, she me too. Me too. But way. you can't stop looking at her. You're like, oh, my God, great boobs. Also, like, I'm not even looking at the bride. And I kind of talk about how, like, I when I get married, purpose. when I get married, like, I'm going to put my bridesmaids in burlap sacks. Like, there is no chance that they're 
getting my attention, you know? <laughs> that joke, it just never, thank you for <laughs> saying that. It has never worked. For some reason, people are like, oh, that's so sad of you to say or something. So, well, I don't know. I totally I, agree. I think you want to watch that one bridesmaid all night long and see if she ever speaks to the bride because you're like, <laughs> you, you are not friends with the bride or you wouldn't have done that. Yeah, there's a little saltiness maybe, <laughs> some sort of backstory there. Yeah, I think I think I go on stage with a little bit of a helmet. I'm, I'm fine with rejection. You know, I power through it. I, I do things every day that I embarrass myself nonstop. And I just, I think that's why I love what I do. Cause I Good. love reminding people that we can laugh at ourselves that's and that wonderful. it's okay. And that it, you know, it helps us understand each other too. You know, just like your card game, I think like reminding people it's okay to make fun of ourselves yes. and, you know, poke fun at things that we've kind of grown to take so seriously. So you are, you are in the perfect job the perfect career because you like to make people laugh yeah and you're okay if they don't <laughs> you're okay with sometimes it. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> like you're right you're right because i mentioned earlier that we moved out here from texas mm-hmm. i mean it was just a spur of the moment sort of thing not spur of the moment but we never planned on moving out here and then things happened and but we came out and uh, started a new life out here. And I have to tell you, I, I have a very positive attitude. And I love change. So I was all for it. And uh, you mentioned Oprah earlier. She is a, the, one of the sweetest, kindest, most loving women I think I've ever known. Mm. And she, it's like she, her wisdom is unbelievable. It's like she knows when to when she, I guess I want to say she knows when to speak <laughs> and she knows what to say when she does because she would call me and prepare me for life out here uh-huh. and I didn't you know Oprah personally I do <laughs> amazing. Well, she's what? just precious <laughs> I do she's just a doll oh she and would so give wise. you she would call and give you advice oh yes oh how she's amazing home. and I yes I love her and so she would call and prepare me in Texas like well when you come out here you know you need to get ready for those tabloids because mm-hmm. they're gonna put your picture or they're gonna write lies and mm-hmm. that's like they lie that's <laughs> i'm not gonna say i walked around with rose-colored glasses on but in <laughs> texas when you drive your children to school or whatever uh you don't expect them to be taking your picture and then writing lies about it whatever yeah i have gotten to the point where i all I want is a good picture. Like, write all the lies you want. Just let me give you the photo. They always want to pick up most unflattering oh, shots. So funny. Like, mid-bite or want. something on a snack. Yeah, or yeah, just like, oh. you're scrunched up and your eyes, whatever. But, yeah, she did. She prepared me for this town, for this business. And she prepared me well because, honestly... I have no problem with people who don't want to like me. Honestly, people don't know me, and they'll say things, and I'll say, oh, I'm sorry, but you have a right to your opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say all this because of what you were just saying about about going on stage and mm-hmm. trying new material, and if they don't yeah. like it, that's okay. Yeah. Like you said, sometimes. It can't be for everyone. Yeah. That's right. And you don't want to be either. No, right. you don't. If you make everyone happy, then I don't think you're doing, you know. And if you think you're making everyone happy, then the, then you need to sit down and have a Yeah, that's a real, that's a real bad one, yeah. You're never going to make everyone happy. No, yeah. That just kind of brings me back to talking about what we're doing today is to talk about how to be vulnerable and still be okay with it and still be okay with the world because... That's what I want to ask both of you. How do you both feel about being vulnerable and encouraging someone else to be vulnerable? Is it a positive or a negative? I think first and foremost, like, what is your intention with your vulnerability? Mm -hmm. So if I want to be vulnerable for attention on social media, probably isn't going to give you the best results. If your intention is I want to be vulnerable to help someone else, you're probably going to be more rewarded from that. And also kind of being realistic about the outcome of your vulnerability because mm-hmm. you don't always know how people are going to respond to it so it has to be I think innately for yourself and also for helping others 
um, and then let the chips fall where they may. You know, like even going on a podcast is kind of a new thing for me and it feels scary and I don't know how, like what if I say something stupid or like don't, you know what I mean? Like I totally that, can, that can happen, but my intention is to try to share a story, try to help someone with what I have to say and if I fumble or say something stupid, then it's human and hopefully that can help someone feel better about their own silliness or, that. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, just from personal experience, I, I definitely try to encourage it if, if I see a friend holding back from being vulnerable when I, I really think it could help them. I have a friend mm-hmm. who kind of just recently lost a great job. And instead of kind of really being honest to her, even her closest circle, she kind of went the other way and, mm-hmm. and kind of started making up stories in it. It was just like, man, there are so many people that would want to help you if they mm-hmm. knew the the truth, the truth, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like she wasn't really for some reason, maybe maybe because of embarrassment or, or I don't know, or fear or something, really unable to share it with those people who are I assume kind of like family to her. And mm-hmm. there's times like that when I see that, and I I am so vulnerable all the time that I I like to encourage it with my friends. But yeah, mm-hmm. if it's social media or something, you're like, all right, well, yeah, like why that much butt cheek? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, but you're right. When if you... it can help someone, and I see that they're holding back from doing it, then I, I always try to encourage it because I think you know people have so much empathy and they and they do want to help each other. And how are they going to know what you need if you don't put it out there a little bit? Right, and you're just right. be honest and truthful. Absolutely. You're right because if you shut people out, if you close yourself up, build a wall around yourself and not allow yourself to be vulnerable, then you're shutting out everyone. Just exactly what you just said, really. I'm repeating that. But you've shut out everyone who has experienced what you're going through. So you're not allowing them to relate. Mm -hmm. You're not, therefore, you're not gaining the wisdom they have and you cannot accept help, of course, uh, that you really need. Mm -hmm. So you've just close yourself off and you're suffering, how are you ever going to move forward if you have built this wall around yourself and you're keeping all of your sadness and your pain, your agony inside, and you have made yourself totally resistant to any help, Mm -hmm. then I I don't feel like you're ever going to be able to move on. And that's when I believe it's so important to be vulnerable And my opinion is being vulnerable is being strong. It's a strength. I believe that when you become vulnerable, you become stronger. You're showing your friends, your family, the world that you're a strong woman, man, and you are strong enough to handle anything that comes your way. You're going to let down your defenses. You're going to tear down the walls, and you're going to open up and be vulnerable so you can receive help, friendship, joy Mm -hmm. into your life. Mm -hmm. And I'll be the first one to say that you need to be prepared for some downfalls, maybe for some heartache. And so if you're prepared for that, that's just another layer of your strength. You can just tell yourself, you know, it's not going to be perfect all the time. Not everyone's going, like we said earlier, not everyone's going to love me. So I'm going to have some problems along the way. Some people mm-hmm. are going to, going to disappoint me. And I have to be prepared for that. But mm-hmm. I believe that being vulnerable and allowing those others into your life and being open is a payoff, is better than not doing that. So yeah. right. if you have pain, if you have someone hurt you, it just teaches you that that's going to happen, and I'm going to be strong enough to accept it and get through it because it was worth being vulnerable to have received all the other positive right. feelings and comments and, and the friendships that I gained. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, if you can't count on yourself, who can you count on? Right. And I think along with vulnerabilities and or becoming vulnerable, it teaches you also forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because while you're vulnerable and you're accepting all the positive payoffs of becoming vulnerable and allowing people into your life, it, it will happen that someone's going to upset you or, or do something that you didn't want to have happen. So it allows you to have forgiveness. Mm-hmm. 
and we all know that I think I think we all believe and know that when you forgive someone for something they've done, it's for you, mm-hmm. not necessarily for them. Right. Forgiveness is is a ticket out. It's you getting your power back. Right. Because I've had a lot of things happen to me over my lifetime. I'm I'm 65 years old, so of course I've had a lot of things happen that I've needed to forgive someone. And it took me a long time, actually, to really, truly allow myself to learn the joy of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I used to say, oh, yeah, I forgave them. And then under my breath, like, I'll never forgive her. (laughs) But I do remember when I finally adopted the true meaning of forgiveness, and I couldn't believe the freedom. What happened? What kind of prompted you to fully embrace it? You know, it wasn't in anything really big. It, it wasn't anything really big. Um, my mother used to talk all the time about forgiveness, and mm-hmm. and so I would just like, oh, yeah, yeah, Mom, I, for, I forgave her. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> I knew I was really not forgiving someone. I was still mad, and I didn't forgive them. Right. And um, then I lost my mother very suddenly at what I considered a very young age. She was only 58 years old. And I was an adult. I was 31 years old. But I really, it was after I lost her. So I was a grown woman. I was married and had a child. And, and it was really a minor event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it kept coming back to me that my mother believed so strongly in forgiveness and mm-hmm. that I really hadn't really grasped the the life-changing meaning of forgiveness. How do you define it for yourself? I define it as taking my power back, mm. not really living. It's not living in that anger. Mm. At the moment I for, truly forgive someone, that it's really for me. And I took my power back. And I never thought of that person again. I didn't care if they even knew I forgave them. Right. And it was a, it was shortly after that that I read a quote, and I really wish I remembered who wrote this quote, but I live by this mm-hmm. to this day. And it, it goes, I never knew how strong I was until I forgave someone who wasn't sorry hmm. and accepted an apology that was never given. Oh, I love that. Wow. And I believe that that was truly how I felt then and still feel to this day. Tired of unpredictable hair color results? Then you should check out Color & Co., the at-home hair color personalized just for you by L'Oreal. Visit their website and you'll get a free consultation with an expert hairstylist who will custom blend a salon-quality shade just for you. In your color box, you'll receive personalized instructions and all the tools you need for guaranteed results. With endless color possibilities, Color & Co. will create the one just right for you at colorandco.com. If you listened to our last podcast, you heard about the time I accidentally got my hair dyed black. It was horrible and such a pain to fix. I could have used Color & Co. back then. There is nothing worse than getting unexpected results after dyeing your hair. I love how Color & Co. takes the time to give a free consultation to get a custom-blended, perfect shade. Take the guesswork out of at-home hair color with Color & Co. Personalized Hair Color by L'Oreal. Use promo code SECRET at colorandco.com for $10 off your first order. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. It would feel like if you hadn't forgiven a bunch of people, it, was, it would almost be like you had a bunch of messy cases on your desk. Yes. And being able to close those and be like, well, it's off my, the, this clutter mm-hmm. is out of my life. Yes. And, and feel forever. Like the, yeah. 
and communication, the older you get, you get better at that and realizing, yes, I need to have those conversations. And I I had the strength about me that I didn't know I had. Mm -hmm. I really felt it. I was living as a stronger woman. Yeah. And I, I say that quote to myself all the time because it's so empowering. It's you really truly feel powerful when you learn to forgive someone. And I believe that it allows me to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and live as a vulnerable woman because I feel stronger for that. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't want to take up, I don't want to be the one talking all the time, but it, <laughs> it just moved me to tell this little story about when I first met Philip when we were dating and like I said I met Ooh, him I want to hear about this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure yes yeah. we do Wait, where did you guys meet where did we meet yeah well the town was Wichita Falls Texas I was living there Wichita Falls Texas. Wichita Falls yes <laughs> in fact it was this last this my first podcast that just launched this week and I was listening to part of it, and I thought, wow, I didn't realize my Texas accent was still so uh-huh. strong. <laughs> I love it. I know but too. It still is. But <laughs> he had just moved back to Texas, and he, I knew his sister, and I saw her downtown one day, and we started visiting. And I said, are you still with your boyfriend that she had gone all through school with? She said, no, but I'm dating someone now. And he was a pilot. We lived in Wichita Falls, and there was an Air Force Base there. She said, he has a friend that would be perfect for you. Let's double date. And it wasn't Philip, but oh, she said, you come to my home and we'll get ready for the date. You'll spend the night. Da, da, da. Like, I said, okay. And uh, as it turned out, I'm over there. We're getting ready for the date. And the, my date got weathered in somewhere and he didn't get to fly back into town. Oh, perfect. Oh, my yeah. The perfect storm. Yeah. yeah and it just so happens that Philip had moved back that week. And she said, when I arrived there, she said, now, we have to be kind of quiet because my brother is in the next room and he's very, very sick. So I said, okay, then my date cancels. And she said, well, you just stay here. We won't be gone long. And I said, okay. She leaves and I'm like bored. So I was all dressed up, but then, you know, whatever, I got comfortable and I I go out to their family room and he's sitting out there on the sofa and he just has this scowl on his face. He's like, and I walk out there and I'm like, he goes, who are you? I was like, oh, you must be the brother. Are you always this unfriendly? Like, are you the brother? He goes, yes. Who are you? I said, well, I'm Robin. I'm her, your sister's friend. And my gosh, I thought I'd just come out here and watch some TV. He goes, well, sit out. He was really, like, not friendly at all. Really? I thought, wow, are you still sick? Like, what's up with them? Angry. You're just so angry. He's like, yeah, a little bossy there too. Well, sit down. Yeah, he said, just sit Make down. Make me some popcorn and <laughs> sit down. You have anything to eat? <laughs> it's funny. So I sat down and we visited all evening and we've been together ever since. Oh, Why? Oh, wow. Yes. Were sparks flying that night after For the me. <laughs> did you think he was cute right away? I did. I, I this this is always what I say. I believe in love at first sight because oh. we, however we were together three years before we got married, a little over, but. I did. I fell in love that night because there was something about him. He just seemed, I felt so safe mm-hmm. and he was so strong and focused and very serious. I did tell him, if we're going to do this, you're going to have to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> but he was very serious. He had these walls around him. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought of this story because he had to become vulnerable mm-hmm. before we could get married, ever think about getting married. And he did over the next year when we started talking about getting married, he became very vulnerable and we would discuss our future together. And the reason I'm bringing this story up is because I remember him realizing he could trust me. Hmm. So to become vulnerable, you have to trust that the person you're becoming vulnerable with is not going to take advantage of those vulnerabilities in you. And I remember when he got to the point that he could trust me and he took down those walls a little at a time and as we talked about what we needed from each other in our marriage I saw him becoming more and more vulnerable and we finally had this conversation going in such a way that he was able to share with me the things that he needed and the things that he didn't want 
in our marriage, the things that were sensitive to him that mm-hmm. he would tell me, like, please don't ever say this or do this. And here's what I really need to hear from you or want from you. And the reason I'm talking about it is because those moments he was at his most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I'll never, like, I have chills right now. It's been, we've been married 43 years. Just two weeks ago, we celebrated our anniversary. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. But in the, in the 43 years, in the 47 that we've been together, when he became vulnerable and told me the things he needed and the things he never wanted me to say to him and do or whatever, I made a vow to myself that I would never do those things. And I would always do those things. And I have never done those things. I have never said <laughs> those things. That's amazing. Because I feel like when he told me those vulnerable words of, please don't ever do this, those were like jewels. Mm-hmm. Those are like fragile, I picture them like fragile eggs in a nest. And he, he handed them to me for me to protect and, and treasure. Yeah. And I believe that who would I be in his eyes if I used one of those against him? Right. Yeah. Because those are buttons I could push mm-hmm. if I wanted to upset him right? yeah. or make him mad. Yeah. Because right. people do that. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you have to look out for. Because there will be people that you have to forgive and never right. be around again. Right. Yeah. And who would I be in his eyes if I used those Secrets oh, yeah. he told me against him. Manipulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just decided right then, you know, he's being vulnerable with me and trusting me, and I'm going to make sure that I value another V word. Yeah. <laughs> that should be with, with vulnerable value. Yeah. Value someone when they're vulnerable with you so that they know that they can trust you for the rest of of your life. No, it's a really good point though about like vulnerability being earned. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and like earning it throughout a relationship with someone like you know, you might earn it off the bat by being a good listener in yes. a moment and then you earn a little bit more when you you know what I mean when you yes. feel like someone didn't tell someone your secret. Yes. You know, and it just kind of builds over time and the fact that you guys have been together for so long mm-hmm. and you guys keep building on that vulnerability mm-hmm. and trust mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. beautiful and like important to hear. Thank so. you. Yeah, thank, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, we need to go to Texas to find men. Yeah, yes, right? I agree. Texas is <laughs> the best. We love Texas. We call it home, but now, actually, I shouldn't say that because we call California home now. We've been yeah. here for so long, and I was actually born in California. Oh, so that's I, cool. I'll come full circle, but um, thank you for letting me tell that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm wondering from both of you, um, when has being vulnerable not worked for you. And I mean, I'm talking crash and burn. Like, when have you been vulnerable with someone and it backfired? I mean, just speaking off of stand up, uh, there, there are times when I've told personal experience stories that have maybe not landed well, mm. or maybe people felt were maybe it triggered like, something ooh. that I, I have in turn felt bad about. And I've, you know, it's, so hard we have comedians who have so much pressure all the time to like not you know offend anybody but it's just it's impossible and there's times when you do trigger something with someone in the audience and even though I've you know gone through something traumatic and I've found a way to laugh at it by telling my story maybe someone Mm -hmm. in the audience hasn't quite been able to do that right so it's taught me a lot about just you know see my opinion is that you've helped them maybe take another step towards that's how I would like to yeah. yeah two things come to mind for me one was when I told a boyfriend I love you mm. and he couldn't say it back oh. and oh, I mean yeah this was this was high school days but it's still it still isn't like I I remember it vividly because I put myself out there not knowing whether mm-hmm. he could reciprocate and I remember driving off and like hysterically crying oh. but it made me like so much better. He's like, a fool, by the way. He's a fool. But I always say it's like, it's like when someone leaves you, it liberates you. You know, like yes. you don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's ever. so true. It's like they're doing you a favor. Absolutely, yeah. and I'm so grateful because you know, when you have, anytime you look back, you 
you're like, thank God that didn't work out, you know, because yeah. you, you grow up and you mature and all that. But yes, um, I would say that. But again, like it, the heartbreak of that actually inspired a lot of the game and everything I do now. Mm-hmm. So I'm so grateful for it. So even when you do crash and burn, yeah. like you can make it make you better. That's right. You know, by the way you look at it. That's right. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. I think that's wonderful. Um, what about when you, uh, as a model, mm-hmm. do you ever feel vulnerable I feel kind of funny asking that question because that's your job. Mm-hmm. So, but do you ever feel vulnerable when you have to model? Oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah, because I I've been modeling since I was eighteen, but it was never like my passion or the thing where I felt most in my element. Like mm-hmm. I feel most in my element behind the camera or in, on the creative end of things rather than in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So I actually always say too, like it sounds weird, but I feel my ugliest when I'm modeling in a weird oh. way. And I feel my most beautiful when I'm the most dressed down, no makeup, Creating. doing what I love. And that's why it's like, as I get older, like my goal is to like empower myself to go away from the thing that I'm not most passionate about, which is modeling and that. more so to the creative things that I love. Um, I but love it is hearing that. It's yeah. very vulnerable, of course. But I think also it's just because it's not, my it's not in my element. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm the most alive when I'm modeling. That's not oh. my personal calling. That's you know that is so I was gonna say beautiful, but I love <laughs> hearing that because when I hear someone younger, as young as the two of you say things like that, you've come so far in your life when mm-hmm. you can say that like that is what i want that is when i feel my strongest mm-hmm. that is when i feel i'm where i need to be i mean women i believe work sometimes their entire lives to get to that point and you're you're already there in so many ways yeah. Thank i mean you. we're all working every day to get to where we think we need to be yeah to feel that sense of I'm my own woman. I am who I need to be. Mm-hmm. I am in control. Mm-hmm. So to hear you say that now at, at your young age, yeah. I think that's beautiful. I think thank that's you. wonderful. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I think it's both Im- of you. I think it's important to like ask ourselves those questions. And just because someone might say like, "Oh, modeling," like you should just love doing that. You know, doesn't mean that it's going to give you joy. That's right. And you have to like really check in with yourself on days where you're on set or whatever it is you're doing. Like, do I feel alive? Am I feeling Mm -hmm. my best self Mm -hmm. in this moment? Totally. You know, so great. Totally. That's so great. Never do anything you don't want to do. Yeah. Because someone else told you you should be doing it. Yeah. Never. So I think it's time that we play the game. Oh, I'm excited for this. So we can each pull a card and then. What how it works is I'll ask like what was your first impression of me or whatever the card is and we all have to answer for the person. Does that make sense? So you'll read your card and we'll answer for you because this oh, is about we perception. Her card. Yes, because it's about how about we view her. her. Okay. Yeah, and then we can pull more if we want. Oh, how fun! So okay. we're playing the game. We've opened the game and and now we each have a card. We're at, of course starting with level one. Yes. So let's go first. You can go first. What was your first impression of me? Ooh. Okay, so I so once I heard you talk, it was very different. Because first impression, based off the outfit, I thought maybe you'd be like a very girly, like singer. I don't know why that was my first impression was that you're a musician. Do you sing? Can you sing? Do you sing? Oh no, unless it's like for a bit. Got right to play <laughs> oh, a character. Oh, so you can. So you can. But no, I am very much. I left the house and I was like, I look like Carrie Underwood. I my thought outfit, you were I was like, like a what am I doing here? <laughs> like, I thought you were gonna be like really girly and like, oh, like fabulous. <laughs> like that was the vibe. But then the moment you started talking, I was like, okay, she's like super down to earth, <laughs> hilarious. So it, it was actually pretty like far off what I assumed. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of going to echo what Corinne just said, but my first impression was. Oh, she's so beautiful and so sweet and fun because you had such a beautiful smile on your face and you walked right in and started just being so friendly and to everyone in the room. And I walked up behind you. So then you turned around and you just were so beautiful and sweet and fun. So when I say echo, yes, you started speaking and I thought, oh, she's fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Exactly. Yeah, like not... A sweet, sweetie, 
you were like a sweetheart. Like, oh, she's going to be fun, fun, fun. <laughs> right. She is in control. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't you think? Like, yeah. You, she's in control. Yeah. She knows who she is and she's going to be fun, oh, fun, man. fun. Yeah. That is so yeah. funny. Because other times you leave your house and you're like dressed kind of weird and you're like, I don't feel. That's what I mean. Like, oh, I loved what like, you I were wearing. I don't feel on yeah. the inside like I am on the outside. Right. <laughs> For all the oh, listeners, yeah, she's wearing a denim short jumpsuit like thing. Like, what do you call it when it's a jumpsuit? A jumper? But basically dresses jumper. Jay Leno's slutty daughter right now. <laughs> he would love that because he's always wearing a denim shirt. You yes. know, he wears that denim every day. Cowboy boots. Yeah. And cowboy, cowboy boots. boots and I is. keep staring at them the whole time I'm sitting because she's sitting across from me and they're to die for it. Like, I love I, cowboy boots you, because. Me too. Yeah, I don't, if you just get it, I think, I don't know, Southern style. I, oh, I so, didn't never live in the South, but I'm so obsessed with it. I think it's so cool. I love I, I, cowboy I love hats. Yeah, I love yeah, everything. Yeah. So, so did so you fun. add the two jeweled bands around oh, the cowboy? They came like this. Mm. Oh, wow. They're so hot. Oh, thank and you so fun. much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You look amazing. Oh, I love yes. it. So. Okay. So my question, and my old eyes are going to happen. Okay. Deliveries. Ooh. How... How many speeding tickets do you think I've gotten in my life? 74. <laughs> wait, I'm going to say <laughs> no. maybe a lot. Wait, wait. But I feel like you can also talk your way out of them. I okay. think, I'm just trying to think like how rebellious do I really think you are. But I see you having like, like a little bit of that in you. Like I could see you getting wild. <laughs> I would say like earlier on. I don't. Not so much today. I don't see you getting speeding tickets today. Um, but earlier, I'll on, tell you. I drive a Ferrari. You drive a Ferrari. Yes. What color are we talking? Red. Oh, are you, you got serious? So many tickets. Oh wait, do you really drive a red Ferrari? <laughs> I do. My That's husband amazing. surprised me with it for Mother's Day oh three God. years ago. Oh, You're amazing. Oh yeah, I, I want to so go for. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, we need to go on red. That <laughs> is amazing. Okay, I think you've had maybe around. Six in your whole life. I don't think too many, but you've definitely gotten a few. I have gotten a few. Okay, so okay, so I'll say, I'll say eight. I, I think more than that. But okay. oh, I'm sorry, I have a lead foot. Like <laughs> I, I, well, you grew up in California and Texas. In You're Texas. in the drive. Yeah. Um, okay, so the way level two works in a group is you pick someone to answer the question, and you can't pick the same person twice in a row. Okay, I can start to show. Okay, so I finished the sentences. Strangers would describe me as blank. Only I know that I am blank. Strangers would describe me as friendly. Only I know that I am not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, only I would know that I'm deep down kind of scared of people at times. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I'm I kind of put on a an act that I am very friendly and open and stuff, but I think I'm not not as much as I pretend to be. Right, I feel that. Yeah, so you're a fake. lot of it is so kind of an act. I think. <laughs> so I'm such a fake bitch. <laughs> so you're it a fake bitch, really? Huh? No. <laughs> Sorry. No, but sometimes I do feel like I like I can have a. a great conversation with someone at like an airport yeah. bar or something even sometimes even more in depth than I would with one of my really close friends yeah. like I open up really easily to people because you I know love. you'll never see them again are yeah. you being honest with that person do you yeah. tell them a bunch of lies <laughs> no I'm being honest <laughs> seriously I know I was being serious <laughs> being honest because I'm usually like on a crazy travel day and like heading to some gig somewhere and lonely and really needing connection and yeah. Sometimes I find that the best moments happen with strangers versus a lot of people that are really close in my life. Interesting. You won't believe my question. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, that's a good one for her. Um, So you, so strangers would think you're maybe more like confident speaking to people Mm -hmm. more so than you are. My friends, I think, would know that I'm a little, I'm a scared cat. Really? Yeah, I couldn't (laughs) tell that for sure. Like you seem so easy to talk to and confident. Uh huh. She really does. Um, Do they ever ask you if you're going to use? that conversation in your next Oh, I'm sure you get that a lot. A lot of guys do. If I I start to get closer with a guy, he'll be like, you're not going to use this in your shtick, are you? When they really haven't done anything exciting. Like, I have no jokes about you at all. (laughs) Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
every but no other. I have a lot of friends that like my close friends if I if we're just hanging out on a night and we start riffing on something funny they'll they'll be like write that down that's funny you should use that so they'll kind of help me out and got be it. like that's good remember to put that in your thing so finish the sentences strangers would describe me as blank only I know that I am blank strangers would describe me as all put together but I know I'm really a mess <laughs> No way you're a mess. Oh, I I am a mess. Like, I I make a mess. You do? I make the biggest mess. Oh, I leave behind the biggest mess. And I'm not all put together because at home I'm like, no makeup and like, no makeup because, you know, I do my own makeup. I love makeup. That's why I always have so much on. But anyway, anyway. Yeah, it does. I'm a mess. Like, I'm messy i'm slouchy i wear like the same clothes for like two or three days in a row same. like my pajamas i'll stay in my pajamas for the weekend love the it best. yeah so yeah i'm not all put together i love that do you think that kind of a messy organizer like how how has that contributed to you finding your success and like becoming a successful businesswoman because i'm i'm really oh i'm so organized and I'm such a detailed person mm-hmm. that I'm that my other side, my messy, slouchy, resting side at home and everything, allows me to be like laser focused mm-hmm. when I need to be balanced. And I don't put any pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a hard one. <laughs> this is a really hard one. I saw it. I'm scared. Um, okay, what question are you trying to answer most in your life right now? Oh. I think right now I'm kind of in a new place with what I am making with the game and just the business side of it all. Cause I'm, I am very, I feel comfortable in the creative space, Mm -hmm. but now I'm starting to like confront things that aren't as fun for me, like logistics, fulfillment, business. Who do I have helped me? Who shouldn't I have helped me because of relationship boundaries? Mm -hmm. You know, like what is the best way to go about this next chapter and level of creating something? Um, should we do another level two or go yes. to level three? Well, you you tell did us. Did we all three do our thing? Oh, did you? Oh. Oh, you have a question. Oh, you're right. Oh, and I love this question. Oh, boy. I'm scared. I'm scared. Has a stranger. Good well, for you. You know what? I, I went, oh, my question earlier because you touched on this. Mm-hmm. Has a stranger ever changed your life? Every damn day. Yeah. I don't mean to circle back to the airport bar because <laughs> I've met a lot of characters in airports and just at weird times but I met this woman a few weeks back coming coming home from a a long weekend of shows and I was so exhausted and I kind of wasn't feeling myself and this woman was she was from Eureka Oh, California. Oh, a, I didn't know that I was, was going to say Eureka Falls. Oh, it's Kansas. a little place all right and uh Man, she was just the spice of life. Like, I love this. Just such a character in the wild. And she just, she sat down and was like, Can I tell you a joke? And I didn't know this woman. Can I tell you it? She wanted to tell you a joke? Yes. Now, did she know you? Had she been to your show? No, no. (gasps) Just kind of walked up. She was wearing like aqua socks and she had like a little lizard bracelet on. Just like the quirkiest woman I have ever seen in my whole life. Oh my God. And she's like, I'm from Eureka. And she sat down and she ordered like a giant triple margarita or something. And, um, she kind of reminded me of my Aunt Kathy, so right away I felt really comfortable with her. But then she asked if she could tell me a joke. I don't remember what it was, but it was something really raunchy and, Ooh. like, cheesy. Okay. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this lady. And then she just kind of kept leaning and be like, I don't want to bug you, but... Uh. And just, like, saying some other funny things. She goes, you ever have a guy talking your... Can I say yes. raunchy words on this? Yeah. Because you ever have a guy talking your clit off? Here's what you do. <laughs> and she just was like so raw and funny and then kind of was like, and then eventually asked me what I did for work and I told her and she was like, I knew it. And, uh, and then she told me that she helps people in hospitals. And that's why, like, that just makes so much sense that that's why she has the sense of humor she does. She has to help people that are, like, guys who are naked a lot. She has to help them go to the bathroom and stuff. And just seeing that, and my sister's an ER nurse, so a lot of days after work, like, we'll call each other and, 
I'll be like, I had a hard day, and she'll be like, me too, someone died on my table. And I'll be like, all right, well, that person's dead. Let's talk about me. And, <laughs> you know, oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, to people that work in hospitals, my, my parents have both have a lot of, have had a lot of health things, and so it, um, I don't know, that woman just really reminded me <gasps> of how lucky we all are to mm-hmm. still have a pulse and be healthy and, mm-hmm. I don't know, be getting to do whatever we do That's if we're beautiful. helping people in any way. Yeah. So she really, I feel like, changed my life. I, I love, love that. that. Yeah. And still having, like, a sense of humor about life and not yes. being too serious about it all. Like, that's mm-hmm. the beautiful part, too. Yeah. That's and right. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. Um, okay, so the person that comes to mind for me is... Um, so I was 16 years old, and I grew up without a father figure. So, um, but I'll never forget this day. I went into a Starbucks with my camera because I was taking photos that day. And there's a man sitting at the bar of the Starbucks with his own coffee mug. And I remember instantly being like, wow, this guy feels really at home at the Starbucks. And I got a panini. They warmed it up. I sat next to him, and we started talking. And we, I was 16 at the time. He was probably in his 60s or something. And we ended up talking for an hour, and he was asking me all the questions that I would typically ask people, like mm. the the questions that are in this game, like what what are you, what's your biggest fear? And it took me back. I was like, you're asking me these questions. And when he and I was telling him about this guy I was dating and how he was about to move to Tennessee and how heartbroken I was. And then he asked me, what is your greatest fear? And I thought about it for a while. I'd never really been asked that. And I said it would be losing my curiosity. And he was like, oh, wow. wow. I thought you would say something about the boy that's leaving. And I was like, no, I know I'll be okay, but I would never want to lose my curiosity because that's what gets me through things. And he told me at the end of our conversation that he had never had a daughter, but if he ever had, he would have hoped she'd be like me. And it can make me cry even talking about it now. And it also taught me like the beauty of like interactions. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're running out of time. So to see us play level three, go to our YouTube page. We're actually going to play it. No way are we going to stop here. (laughs) Okay, so I think we're close to the end of this second podcast, which I have to tell you, I don't want it to end. But I'm being told that uh, we're close. We're close to the ending. And I have some questions from the Secret Squad. Oh. And to submit yours, go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com or reach out to us on social. Now, here's one of the questions that we received this week. Do you ever have a bad day? And if you do, how do you handle it? Well, of course I have a bad day. We all have bad days. Um, I handle my bad days by, you know what, I just have a couple of ways. I love to take a bubble bath. So I go up to my bathroom. (laughs) I light some candles. Honestly, I do. You know, when you raise boys, Mm -hmm. you're the only woman in the house for what, 43 years, I retreat to my bathroom, run a bubble bath, and I can get in it, and I will more than likely stay in it for probably 30, 45 minutes. And I take that really quiet time to just think about the things that I'm really upset about or irritated or whatever. I relax. I might pray. I might think out loud, but I just kind of think through it. Um, I will admit that I used to call my sister. I lost my sister just a little over a year ago, and I really miss her. But I would call her, and I always called her my person. She was my person. And it didn't matter what I was upset about, she was on my side. It was like I could tell her some some woman upset me, and she'd say, we hate her. <laughs> Immediately, we hate her. And I was like, well, we don't hate her. Okay, we just don't like her. <laughs> so she would just kind of like talk me through it. So I actually get in the bubble bath and I talk to my sister. And if I don't do that, then I have a certain hot tea, ginger peach, that I really, really love. And I'll get that. I'll sit in my bedroom in the sitting area. I'll look out at the view of the city and I will journal. It, I find that that's really relaxing to me. It's almost as if I'm speaking to my sister, but I write it out. So that's my answer. And the next one is, how do you find time to do all you do and still carve out time for yourself? She says, I fail daily. Well, it's really just a choice you have to make. It's like you have so much time in the day and you have to have priorities and you just have to make that choice. And 
sometimes you just have to trade one thing for the other because self-care is so important. You have to decide, make that choice to put yourself first. And you all know that I learned that, sadly, when my mother passed so suddenly while I was speaking with her on the telephone. And, you know, I loved my mother dearly and always wanted to be just like her. I wanted to be the woman, the mother, the grandmother, the wife that she was. But there's one part of her legacy I will never perpetuate, and that is self-neglect. So it's a choice. I take care of myself so I can take care of those I love. You just have to make that choice. Find time for yourself. Okay. I think that's it. I want to thank both of my guests that are here today with me. I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever had such an enjoyable afternoon. (laughs) And I really, really don't want this to end. So thank you both. Corinne and Becky, just thank you so much. Thank it's you been, so much for having you. us. This has been so, so fun. You're just so welcome. Like, I don't want it to end either, so we have to do this again. We have yeah. to do it again. Like, this is a podcast that could go on for days. Yeah. Like, has there ever been a slumber party podcast? <laughs> there can be. There could be here. This would be the place. My chair's got fur on it. I could oh, yeah, stay all we night. We curl up <laughs> and just do this all night long, but I don't think that'll last. But okay. So thank you all to the listeners also. Thank you listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have this, but uh, it's been fun knowing that you're there listening to all of this. And please come back every Wednesday to hear our secrets because listen, without you, who are we going to tell them to? So like the podcast and subscribe to it if you like this. <laughs> For more information and to join my secret squad, go to I've Got a Secret with Robin McGraw.com. 